This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Dear brothers and sisters in Islam, this is your brother Sheikh Khalid Yassin speaking to you from my Facebook live platform. This is another episode of Sky Views. Sky Views are my views. Uh, it is my take, my spin, my understanding, my opinion, uh, my perspective on various critical issues that are facing humanity and various uh, issues that may be facing the Muslims in the world. Uh, today I want to talk about a subject uh, called brotherhood, community, and leadership. I want to talk about the importance of brotherhood, community, and leadership in Islam. And it is uh, unfortunate that we even have to address this topic in such a fundamental way. And this is because uh, the enemies of Islam, uh, the enemies within and the enemies from the outside have conspired to undermine these essential values. And without these three essential values, what we are practicing or what we are engaged in and what we call Islam is just the, the peripherals. Uh, we're just discussing ideas. We're just performing rituals. Uh, we're just going through the motions. And of course, we're Muslims because we have sincerely embraced the faith, we have sincerely uh, made a commitment to adopt the principles in our life. But without the ingredients, without the components of genuine brotherhood, community, the aspirations of community, and without subscribing to legitimate, clear leadership, then the idea of unity remains just that, an idea. Now, you know, this is not like a dialectical discussion. I don't want to bring up a lot of Arabic terminologies and I don't want to bring up a lot of ayats of Quran and hadith of the Prophet Wasallam and discuss this here from a uh, sort of like a religious point of view. It is our religion. It is our faith. It is our platform. It is our system of life. But I want to be a little bit more fundamental about it to discuss this. Now, <clears throat> today, if any imam or leader of the Muslims stood up and discussed brotherhood 
um, he could be really misunderstood. It may be thought that he is implying that we should belong to or legitimatize some particular group of Muslims who refer to themselves as the Muslim Brotherhood. Well, there isn't. There is a global organization that is called the Muslim Brotherhood. But when the Quran speaks about brotherhood, it's not speaking about that particular social political phenomenon. That's a that's a, a name that a group of, a legitimate name that a group of Muslims chose uh, some. 60 or 70 years ago, um, and they began to um, implement a social, ideological, political platform uh, to develop uh, what they consider to be a, uh, a global system uh, so that they would be able to uh, manifest their ideological principles, ideas, or vision. It's called the Muslim Brotherhood, but that's not what we're talking about today. And that's not what the Quran is speaking when it said, Verily, the relationship of the believers is that of brotherhood. You know, that's what the Quran says in so many words. The relationship between the believers is that of brotherhood. And the Prophet described the relationship between the believers as brothers, brotherhood. He said, in so many words, uh, none of you truly believes until he or she loves for their brother what they love for themselves. You know, this, this is an expression of brotherhood. Now, so obviously today, you know, because of social, political, ideological, governmental uh, um, polarizations, ambitions, and conspiracies, uh, the word brotherhood has now become uh, a trigger terminology. So that Muslims are less likely to use the word brotherhood because of what it may imply. Well, the use of the terminology brotherhood from the Quran and from the Sunnah of the Prophet is a very classical, profound, correct, um, inspirational terminology. You know, the word brotherhood means fraternity. And there's no gender restrictions here in the terminology brotherhood. Brotherhood also means sisterhood, manhood, womanhood. You know, it's, a, it's, a, it's an expression, okay, of unity between individuals based upon a set of unbreakable, immutable principles. Brotherhood means fraternity. Brotherhood also implies family. You know, this is why young people who um, are displeased at home or came from broken homes or 
uh, is not getting enough love at home. This is why young people are joining gangs that they are calling their new family. So it's a form of social brotherhood, psychological brotherhood. Brotherhood means friendship. Brotherhood means trust. Because who are you going to trust? You know, if you, if you can't trust your brother or your sister, so who are you going to trust? Brotherhood means love. Brotherhood means loyalty. Brotherhood means dependence and support. Brotherhood means association. And brotherhood means companionship. So, having defined brotherhood, now you should ask yourself, so where? is the Muslim Brotherhood. Where is the principle of brotherhood in the mosque that you attend? I mean, today is Friday, and you you or I, you know, Muslims from all over the world, they go to Jum'ah and hear the khutbah, and they pray the Salatul Jum'ah on Friday. And they do this with other Muslim brothers and sisters, and they stand in the ranks Okay, and they listen to the khutbah. They sit and listen to the khutbah, the sermon. They stand and they pray together and they supplicate together. And then after the prayer is finished, they separate and go in different directions. Now, some of them will shake hands and some will hug and some will kiss and some will, you know, they will make promises to see each other later that evening or that weekend or during the course of that week, and that is it. That is their weekly expression of brotherhood. But the mosque that you just came from, or the mosque that you're going to today, is that your fraternity? Is that your family? Is that where you find your friendship? Is that the, is that the place where you look for the people of trust who also trust you? Is that the place that you go to express, you know, where you get your love and your support and, you know, where you express your loyalty and where you get loyalty from others? And, you know, is that the people that depend upon you and you depend upon them? Is that where you go for your support? Is that where you really associate? Is that where you look for companionship? Well, if it's not, then that's the problem. Because the mosque, the masjid, is where, you, where you're going to and bowing down with other people that should be part of the greater brotherhood. And if it's not, then that's the missing tooth. That's the dilemma. And there's a reason why that tooth is missing and that's the reason why that dilemma exists. If we are really sincere, devoted, committed, genuine Muslims, all of us should be seeking to belong to a brotherhood of Islam. You know, in the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions a verse, Audhu billahi min shaitan rajim bismillahirrahmanirrahim, he says, tasimu so hold on to the rope of Allah 
and do not be divided among yourselves. So, this is a, a verse of the Quran, an order from Allah. So, hold on to the rope of Allah and do not be divided among yourselves. Now, this rope of Allah, by consensus, it means the rope of the Quran, and it means the rope of the Sunnah. And the Quran and the Sunnah is a community, is what a principle that the Muslim community relies upon. You know, the Muslim Brotherhood, the Brotherhood of Islam, regulates themselves, organizes themselves into a community. A group of individuals, families, groups, and human resources in a particular neighborhood, an urban enclave, a geographical area, an ethnic, social, or ideological group, people whom depend upon one another, a united body of individuals and families. That's the definition of a community. So we all live in some kind of a geographical community, whether it's rural or urban. We live in an area, a geographical area, that has been designed and organized to facilitate a, a group of people and to provide them with the resources and the support for their daily living. This is a community. So a Muslim community is where Muslims have organized and decided to live and interact and develop among themselves a neighborhood, an urban enclave, a geographical area, a ethnic, social, or ideological group. Muslims are people whom depend upon one another as a community, and Muslims should be a united body of individuals and families. Now that's the definition. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, وَاَعْتَصِمُوا بِحَبْلِ اللَّهِ جَمِيعًا Jami'an here, here, Jami'an here means one united body. It's another meaning, another expression for community. So I ask you, the masjid that you attend today, or that you attended today, the masjid you will attend, is that your community? Is that your ideological group? Are those people that are in that community that you're going to pray with, that you did pray with? Are those the people that you depend upon and they depend upon you? Do you know them? When you tesselene to the left and tesselene to the right or to the right and to the left, are these people whom you know them, their parents, their children, they know you, they know your parents, they know your children, you interact with them, you spend money with them, you depend upon them, you have a love for them, or are these just a group of people that you go to on a Friday and you just pray with them and you say with them. And then after that, you leave them and you live among other people. 
Ask yourself that question. The next question is leadership. Leadership. You know, our Prophet was our ideological leader. We say, La ilaha illallah, Muhammad Rasulullah. And by making those two statements, we are proclaiming that there is none to be worshipped except Allah. There's absolutely no one, no entity to be worshipped or recognized or that our ibadah or to be obeyed except exclusively except Allah. And then we say Muhammad Rasulullah. And here we are making another statement. That statement has to do with our social, political, ideological leadership. Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. He is our leader. He's our ideological leader. We take our ideas, we take our behavior from Muhammad, the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. He's our social leader. He orders us. He provides for us the inspiration that we need. We follow his lead. We follow his example. Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And also Muhammad Sallallahu is our political leader. That is, he's the person that we that represents our policies, government, leadership. He's the one that we pattern our administration, our behavior, and our governments upon him. So leadership in Islam is very important. This is not an abstract issue. And we talk about leadership. We're not talking about leadership inside the mosque. We're not talking about imams inside the mosque. Okay, they are leaders. I mean, technically, they are leading. But for how long? Two raka'ah? Four raka'ah? What are they, what are they leading? Are they they're giving the khutbah? I mean, you have to listen to the khutbah and be quiet. But after the khutbah is over with, how many of you would sit down if the leader said to you, don't move? Your, the, 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 the khutbah today, <coughs> the khatib, the imam who led the prayer, and the khatib who gave the sermon, after he prayed, he stood up and said, I want everybody to have a seat. I don't want anyone to move. I don't want anybody to leave. In fact, I'm ordering you. I'm commanding you. Stay where you are. Well, just think about that. What would be the reaction of the Muslims in your local area if your imam, he said that? Well, if your imam is the, if your imam is the leader, if he's really the leader, if he's the commander, if he's the one that has the final decision, if he's the one that implements our legislation, if he's the one that arbitrates for us, if he's the one that represents us, and we respect him, if he tells us to sit, we sit. Stand, we stand. He says, wait, we wait. Of course he should be polite. Of course he should be well-mannered. But he doesn't have to be, especially if he has power and he has influence and he has policies set up where you get the message even without him saying it. You know, you feel what I'm saying, because they have those kind of leaders. 
And there are people who have those kinds of leaders where it doesn't even have to be said. It's implied and people follow. You know, people follow. They comply. You know, a leadership, a leadership means an individual or a body that is charged with responsibility. That's leadership. You know, an individual or a body of people who are charged with responsibility, authority, and resource management. Leadership describes a person that is nominated, selected, elected, or chosen to make executive decisions. Now, that's what a leader is. Now, whether that, obviously, that goes way beyond leading the prayers and making dua. You know, the person that leads the prayers and recites the Quran very beautifully and makes a very, I mean, just a very inspiring supplication or gives a very powerful sermon cannot necessarily give anybody an, a direct order. In fact, most of the imams, most of the khatibs that are leading this, giving the sermon and leading the prayers, they themselves are subordinate to another group of people who are leading the people. An executive body of people who set up the corporation, who built the mosque, and who brought the imam to the masjid, who tell him what to say and what not to say, and if he goes out of bounds, they send him back home. Now, obviously, that's a different kind of leader. That's not the kind of leadership that the Quran is speaking about. That's not the kind of leadership of Muhammad or his companions, or the Khulafa al-Rashidin, or the imams afterwards. That's not the proper, that's not the comprehensive idea of leadership. Okay, so, I mean, I guess you get my drift at this point. Our problem, our dilemma is that there is a vacuum of brotherhood among the Muslims today. There's a vacuum of community structure among the Muslims today. And there's a vacuum of leadership according to the comprehensive or the classical meaning of leader in Islam. So this is what we want to come back to. You know, now, brothers and sisters, I want to tell you that um, when I became a Muslim in uh, 1965, you know, it seems like eons ago, 1965, you know, during those days between 1965 and, let's say, 1990, you know, you know between... 65 and 90, you know, uh, somewhere in that area, or maybe between 1965 and 1985, those 20 years, we understood brotherhood. We tasted it. We lived it. We experienced brotherhood. We had a community. I mean, we lived in a neighborhood, in an urban enclave you know, where most of the Muslims, when they took Shahada, this is where they wanted to live at. So a geographical area that was that everybody knew about. And we had an imam. And our imam, he wasn't just the one who gave the sermon or the one who just led the prayers. He was the leader. He was respected as the leader. He was protected as the leader. 
He was regarded as the leader and he arbitrated our issues and problems. And he was the one that performed marriages and buried the dead and encouraged us to go visit the sick. And he helped raise the money for emergencies. And he was the person that led um, uh, the initiatives to protect the community and uh, to interact with non-Muslims as our representative. This was our imam. This was our leader during those days between 1965 and 1985. Those were the golden days. You know, then another period came in which brothers left the community and they went overseas or they went some other places to study Islam, you know, to study Arabic language and to study the classical uh, disciplines of the Quran and to study the classical uh, 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 issues in regards to the Sunnah of the Prophet وسلم, you know, they went overseas or they went to some other places and institutions um, uh, to study Islam with scholars uh, and teachers who themselves were academically trained. So from 1985 onwards, brotherhood, community, and leadership as we had understood it to be, it started to basically fragment. It started to dissipate. It started to erode. It started to become, um, maybe the word would be abstract. Until now, today, the words are not hardly even used anymore. You know, you know the words have been politicized. The word brotherhood, nobody wants to use it anymore because they're afraid that they might get tagged. You know, they, somebody, if you, just keep, you talk, start talking about brotherhood, maybe somebody thinks you are a khawadij. Some, maybe somebody thinks that you're a fanatic. You're an extremist. You know, you, you belong to some group that has been banned in most of the Muslim world because the non-believers told the Muslim governments to ban a particular group, that they were dangerous. You know, without getting into the politic politicization of the issue, brotherhood has almost died as we had understood it before. And no one belongs to a community anymore. You know, people ask each other, you know, Yahi, what master do you belong to? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? What master do I belong to? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, uh, Verily the masjids belong to Allah. Now how I belong to a masjid when the masjids belong to Allah? Just think about that. You meet a brother or you meet a sister and they ask you what masjid do you belong to? I don't belong to no masjid. I attend the masjid where I live. That's where I, where 